Hello, everyone. Welcome to the morning after edition of the Betting Life Podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. It is Monday morning. Week six is almost in the books, but we do have Monday night football tonight as well as all of those early week seven lines. And here with me to break it all down back from his Vegas excursion is Matt Lamarca. Matt, week six, uh, unders, unders dominated. How much of that do you think was due to the weather? How much was due to bad quarterback play and quarterback injuries? You know, takeaway thoughts on week six. Yeah, I mean, unders have just been good in general for most of the season. Um, I think that, you know, defenses continue to adjust to the passing game. They're playing more of those two high safety looks. And I don't know if the books have fully adjusted, but week six for sure was a lot of bad weather and a lot of bad quarterback play. Um, so we'll, we'll see if there's sort of like this big overcorrection moving forward. I remember we talked about, you know, the unders dominating in week one, I want to say, and then all of a sudden week two was an overfest. So yeah, we'll see if there's a, an adjustment, but it's been a phenomenal start to the year for unders. I think it's the most profitable start through six weeks of at least the past couple decades. Um, just, just barely beating out last year, which was also an underfest to start. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the weather this week almost certainly won't be as bad as it was in week six, but at the same time, uh, it's not as if like the long trajectory of like, Hey, it's fall and it's turning into winter. It's not as if the weather is generally going to get better as the season right. progresses. So, uh, unders might still be the, the long-term way that we are looking. All right, let's talk about Monday night football. The Cowboys, my Cowboys, by the way, congratulations on your, your Jets winning. It looks like you are wearing a, a Jets uh, a Jets jacket right there. So, you know, got yeah. you got to flaunt it when you got it. So, you know, if I wasn't going to cover on my Eagles bet, I'd rather, you know, at least the team won outright. So uh, week six, I'm ready for it to be in the rearview mirror. Just an absolute bloodbath for me personally. But I feel like I got too far away from my process. You know, I, I saw some low hanging fruit with teams like the 49ers and the Eagles and the Bills, and I fell for it. And, uh, you know, I got to get go back to the drawing board and stick to my guns a little bit more in, in uh, future weeks. Yeah, as Ian Hardis would say, watch the film and get better. Um, Damn right. Sometimes that low-hanging fruit can be poisonous, you know, yeah. sometimes. Uh, all right, so Thursday Night Football, the Cowboys at the Chargers. Chargers coming off of the bye, so super rested with 15 days to rest and prepare. Lamarca, this number is anywhere from actually just, you know pretty consistent out one and a half. You might have some twos across the market, but one and a half in general, 51 is the total that I'm seeing across the board here. You do have a 50 and a half at FanDuel. Any way that you're leaning in this game? Yeah, it, it's a game where the Sharps really haven't taken a stance. There's been a little bit more money on the Chargers than there has been on the Cowboys, but not not by an overwhelming amount. My my general philosophy is when a team like the Cowboys is coming off of such a humiliating loss that you typically want to back them in the following week. You know, good teams, teams with a winning percentage of above 50%, they are 41, 30, and 3 against the spread coming off a loss of at least four touchdowns. So I do think I lean towards the, the Cowboys, but 
the fact that the Chargers are getting healthier and are coming off of a bye, they're going to have Austin Eckler back. They're going to have Derwin James back. They might get Joey Bosa back. Like that, that does make me a little bit hesitant, but I think that the, the Cowboys are, are the side I prefer here. Okay. I am going to want to get your thoughts on anything, uh, regarding the prop market. Uh, first I'll hit, hit on my, uh, my side here. I'm, I'm opposite. Uh, but I'm, you know, uh, pessimistically tentatively opposite. I mean, I bet it, I, I bet the chargers and the look ahead market. So this was like 10 days ago at this point, maybe even 11 days ago, but, uh, there was a plus three out there at Superbook, Uh, and at the time that just seemed like too many points. So, you know, I'm still getting that, uh, that closing line value that has been the kiss of death for me this season. <laughs> so, uh, I have, I have absolutely no faith in this bet actually cashing, but, uh, you know, the chargers at plus three, I feel like that's the right side at that number. Um, you know, at plus one and a half, I think that is a stay away for me. I have this projected at 0. 0.9. Um, Jake Ferguson is where I'm looking in the prop market under 36 and a half. You mentioned Derwin James, uh, returning healthy off of the bye, practiced in full every day this week, not even listed on the injury report, uh, on Saturday. So he should be good. And I think that means a pretty tough matchup for Jake Ferguson. Where are you looking in the prop market? I think I will go with Austin Eckler over 49 and a half rushing yards. Eckler is not a guy that I typically want to target in the rushing yard department. Um, his workload is, you know, kind of in, in flux. He, he split the carries pretty evenly with Josh Kelly in week one. But Kelly has really kind of underwhelmed here in Eckler's absence. I, it wouldn't shock me if Eckler gets a little bit of a bigger piece of the pie now that he's returned. And the Cowboys can be run on, right? They are dead last in uh, rushing success rate against. So if Eckler gets, you know, somewhere between 12 and 15 carries, and maybe that's a little bit optimistic for his first game back, but I think over 49 and a half, there's just a smidge of value there. Yeah, I mean, Eckler, if uh, the Chargers had had a game last week, he probably would have played practiced in full this week. So uh, I don't think there's going to be too much of a, a rushing cap just in terms of his workload this week. So yeah, interesting, interesting take there. All right, let's get to the week seven slate and uh, a truncated slate. Six teams are on by that would be the Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Lamarca, your Jets, the Panthers, and the Texans Thursday night football. Uh, Jacksonville on the road playing the saints and 40 and a half 41 is the number across the board for the total. And on the side, this is anywhere from a pick to minus one and a half Jags. Lamarca, any, uh, any position on this game? I really like the saints. Uh, and maybe that's me sticking to my priors a little bit too much, but I thought the saints were far superior to the Texans last week. They just didn't, they just didn't win. Um, that kind of stuff happens. And, you know, if you're interested in that kind of analysis, our newsletter, uh, on Monday has the unexpected points, uh, piece from, from Kevin Cole, where he kind of talks about 
you know, sort of adjusting the scores to more accurately reflect the box scores. It wouldn't shock me if he had the Saints as, you know, win that game based on expected points. They outgained the Texans by over 130 yards. They just shot themselves in the foot. They missed a 29-yard field goal, which I didn't even know was possible anymore in the modern NFL. Um, So I think that the Saints... They have a top 10 defense and their offense with a healthy Derek Carr is good enough. Uh, Jacksonville kind of in the opposite camp of the Saints. They were gifted a win by the Indianapolis Colts. Jacksonville had 233 yards of offense yesterday and scored 37 points. That's that again. That's almost impossible to do. So I think that. The Jacksonville Jaguars, to me at least, they remain an overvalued team. I think the Saints are a little bit undervalued. Uh, I I am definitely going to be on the Saints in this spot. All right. Well, as someone who uh, luckily bet the the Jags last week, I totally disagree with you on the the Jags being <laughs> overvalued. But in, in this spot, I I am with you. Uh, I haven't bet it. I've actually bet the under. Uh, I bet it in the look ahead market. 43.5 was the number that I got in the look ahead market. Uh, no, 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 no. One second. Yes. 43 and a half was the number I got in the look ahead market. So already some value there. But uh, in terms of the side, and by the way, so the unders and underdogs tend to be correlated. So uh, I haven't taken a position on the uh, the Saints here, but my numbers do point in that direction. And part of it is that you now have the Jags playing on short rest, their third road game in four games. And the the London situation, you know, like that's not, you know, it, it's kind of questionable as to whether that second game in London should kind of be counted as a road game. But, you know, like they certainly have had some travel situations recently. Uh, and then now they're back on the road uh, in short rest. So, uh, yeah, something to to keep in mind there. I, I'm with you. Like I... I haven't downgraded the Saints all that much from where I had them this season. I think they're kind of like right where they were. Uh, Hopefully Derek Carr continues to improve from the shoulder injury. And as you mentioned, their defense is really good. So I have this projected as actually the Saints as a small favorite, uh, minus 0.4. So again, I haven't bet it because I don't know if I want to have two positions on this game. And I feel much stronger about the under. Uh, than I do about the Saints, but if I were to bet the side here, I would uh, I would be with you on the Saints. All right, the early games on Sunday, <laughs> the Raiders on the road at Chicago, and this is a game where we have two quarterbacks, uh, two starting quarterbacks who might not play. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo went out last week with a back injury. Justin Fields went out with a hand injury. Uh, a lot of uncertainty with this game, but the uh, the total has cratered. Um, this was, I believe, 46, 46 and a half in the look ahead market. Uh, and it is now around 40. And uh, just trying to find this game here. What is the, what's the, the spread on this game? Uh, Raiders minus three. Yes, yes. Raiders minus three, the total of 40, 41 uh, across the market. Any thoughts here on this game? Very tough to handicap with two quarterbacks that we don't know yeah. the status of. Um, I'm a little bit pessimistic about Justin Fields' status, right? He had a dislocated finger 
Uh, Jake Glazer reported that he tried to come back into the game on Sunday, but couldn't grip the football, which uh, is a pretty big deal if your job involves holding on to the football. So I, I'm skeptical that he plays. I'm not as sure on Garoppolo's status. That's why I initially had the Raiders targeted as a play. Um, I also think that their backup quarterback situation is just a little bit better than the Bears. Yeah. The Bears have Tyler Bajant as their backup quarterback. He came in uh, in relief of fields on Sunday, had two turnovers, averaged less than six yards per uh, completion. He's okay, I guess. He played Division Two. It's hard for me to, uh, you know, that that's like a deep draft cut. If you know a lot about Tyler Bajant, you are really grinding the combine and stuff like that. Um, but I, I would have more confidence in either Aiden O'Connell making his second career start. At least he's got a little bit of experience or Brian Hoyer if they decide to go that route. So I, I lean towards the Raiders, but again, this might be a, a spot where we just kind of have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. Kind of wait and see what happens. I, I would actually, Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say my numbers lean a little bit towards Chicago, but like that's baking in some assumptions that like we just can't assume because we don't know anything really about the quarterback situation. It is notable that Circa was the only book for a while that had this lined at minus three and a half, uh, and it has been bet back down to minus three. Um, so, you know, some some resistance there uh, in the market. So the next next game uh another game where we could have two backup quarterbacks the browns on the road playing the colts um i think there was a Schefter or a Rappaport report saying that uh there's a decent chance that deshaun watson returns this week but uh that is far from a certainty the number two uh browns favored by two 39 and a half is the number in the market. This was 42 on the look ahead. And I, I thought about betting it on the look ahead, but I wasn't sure how the Deshaun Watson situation might factor into the line. And uh, of course I would have been looking under there and now I, I curse myself for not betting it. But Lamarca, any thoughts here on how you might approach this game? I still think it's a decent under spot. The, the Browns are just a dead under team. Their defense, you know, if there was any, uh, like, speculation about whether this team was as good defensively as some of the, the numbers suggested that they were, they officially put that to bed this week. They eviscerated a San Francisco offense that was pretty much unstoppable through the first five weeks. And now granted San Francisco, there were some weather concerns. They did lose Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey, but it was still one of the most impressive defensive performances of the season. And Deshaun Watson coming back would would obviously help their offense, but I don't think that a Deshaun Watson-led Browns team is like all of a sudden an offensive juggernaut, right? They have struggled to put points on the board, basically whoever has been at quarterback this season. So uh, I think you combine the Browns defense with some of their offensive ineptitude, and the under's always going to be a, a pretty viable candidate for Browns games. Yeah, so I haven't bet it yet. 
I will be thinking about it. I currently have it projected at uh, 38.1. So uh, I should probably just bet this whenever I have the chance. But I just I don't want to bet it now and then have Deshaun Watson come back and then this number jump up to like 40 and a half or something. So actually, I will probably just wait. All right, kind of talked myself in circles there, but I will I will continue to wait. I will hold the line. All right, uh, the Bills on the road. Uh, divisional matchup playing the Patriots. This is uh, nine across the market. Bills favored by nine, 43 as the <clears throat> as the over under. Um, worth noting that this number actually did hit 10 at one of the sharper books a little bit ago and was bet back down to nine and a half. So it seems like that will probably be the point of resistance. I would kind of doubt that this number gets to 10. Um, it might flirt with 10 and then come back down, but it feels like nine, nine and a half is going to be the number where this settles. Any thoughts? I think, I think, it, could go, I think it could come back down a little bit because there are some eight and a half out there currently. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. DraftKings has an eight and a half, BetMGM has an eight and a half. So um, I could see this, this being a number that the Sharps target. Like they've, they've liked the Patriots pretty often this season and it hasn't worked out for them, but the, the, the sharps aren't ones to, uh, to, to, to adjust their positions by too much. And, you know, the Patriots, they probably should have covered last week against the Raiders lost on a safety to push the final margin from two points to four points. Um, I'm still not entirely sure what the Patriots plan is. They seem like they need to make a change at quarterback. I thought it was going to be uh, Bailey Zappi season here shortly, but now it seems like it might be Malik Cunningham. Yeah, if they if they make the move, so um, I think the numbers are going to point towards the Patriots. The sharps are going to like the Patriots. I just don't know if I have the courage to actually bet on the Patriots. I'm going to push back just a little. By the way, I don't actually disagree really with like what you're saying. Um, and, and by the way, I'll just say I do have a bet on the under. Let me make sure I'm correct on that. Yeah, uh, under 44 is the bet that I made. Um, it seems like you should just kind of be betting the under once these lines come out, like basically every week. Yeah. You're yeah. getting so like I, three points of closing line value in like every single game. Yeah. So I, I have a position on the under with the spread. Um, I think there might be some teaser protection kind of involved with this because if mm. they drop, so at the sharper books, this is nine, nine and a half at, I would say kind of like the not as sharp books, this is eight and a half. And I think if it hits eight and a half, you could have this like double action where you do have sharps who like, um, who like the Patriots and that sort of drives the number down to eight and a half, but you also have sharps who will be betting the teaser to take this down from bills eight and a half to bills two and a half whenever they get to that number. So I could see the books ultimately setting this like at the dead number of nine um, and kind of keeping it in that range. But it, I, so it's kind of bigger picture. I doubt it gets to seven and I doubt it gets to 10. It's going to kind of stay in that middle ground of seven and a half at the low end to nine and a half, probably on the high end. Uh, I think that's where we will probably be with this game, but the the under is where I've uh, is where I have made my investment. All right, the 
another divisional game here. A lot of divisional games this week, which I also think kind of plays to the under in a lot of spots. You have the Commanders on the road at the Giants. Uh, Commanders coming off of the win. Giants cover but lose last week. And this number is uh, you know kind of between one and a half and two across the market. 41 is the total uh, you know, that I'm seeing on the board right now. LaMarca, thoughts on the game? Yeah, the, the first cover of the season for the Giants, by the way, against the Bills, um, just as we all <laughs> predicted. This really is going to come down to the offensive line for New York. I, I need to see some injury reports before I uh, have a definitive stance one way or the other. Andrew Thomas coming back would obviously be the big win for the Giants, but... They are just, they, they were so beat up. I mean, they literally signed a guy from straight off the couch and plugged him in at left tackle. Shout out Justin Pugh. Um, that worked somehow. <laughs> I mean, they only scored nine points, so it's not like it really worked, but they did survive, I guess. I, it's hard to look at a team like Washington as a road favorite and say, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. but. I, if the Giants don't get significantly healthier up front, I don't think I can bet them. Yeah, I have this projected at minus two, so I, you know, probably full heartedly took uh, a position in the look ahead market on the Commanders at minus one and a half, thinking that there was a better chance that this would get to three um, than that it would flip. And have the Giants favored. And even if the Giants were favored, they would be small favorites. And the difference from like minus one and a half to plus one and a half really isn't that big. So I was basically investing in them on the look ahead number, kind of hoping that they would have a good game, the Giants would have a bad game, and that this might get to three. Um, part of that equation turned out, but uh the Giants didn't didn't do their job to to suck enough to get this to three. But uh even at one and a half, I still feel like if I had to bet, that would probably be the side that I would be that I would be backing. Uh, all right, another another divisional game here. We have the Atlanta Falcons on the road playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and uh, this is the Buccaneers at home favored by two and a half. On the look ahead, this was forty one. The early line last night was forty. And I'm seeing 39 and a half in the market right now. Uh, LaMarca, thoughts on this game? I really like Tampa here. Tampa at anything better than a field goal, I think, is a, is definitely going to be a play for me. I haven't locked it in yet, but I'm trending in that direction for sure. As long as Desmond Ritter is the quarterback for Atlanta, I'm happy to lay less than a field goal with pretty much anybody. Uh, that's how bad he is, right? Like with Zach Wilson kind of showing some life over the past few weeks, I think it is pretty clear that Desmond Ritter is the worst starting quarterback in the NFL at this point. And we saw it last week against Washington. The team had three drives in the fourth quarter where they needed a touchdown to, to tie things up. And it was interception, turnover on downs, interception. If you put the Falcons in a position where they are trailing and they have to throw the ball, he cannot do it. The Buccaneers defense has been pretty solid this year, particularly against the run. 
I think that they match up well with this Atlanta squad. So I am, again, happy to lay less than three points with a with a, a Tampa team that I think is OK at home. Yeah, I mean, Tampa, they did not play particularly well yesterday against the Lions, but I was impressed with their run defense. And this was, I believe, the first time all all year that they had for uh, like a whole game their interior defensive line intact with the return of Kalija Kansi. So, you know, historically the Buccaneers have been strong against the run. And we did see that yesterday. And, you know, as you mentioned, like if there's a team that can shut down the run, then it feels like that's really bad news for the Falcons. So uh, I haven't bet the Falcons yet. My numbers actually do point a little bit towards the Falcons, but probably not enough for me to want to bet it. Uh, I do have a position on the under, however, uh, 41 was the number that I got in the look ahead market. So happy with the position there. It's just, you know, I'm not really buying the, um, the Bakerfield Renaissance at this point. Um, I wouldn't say that like he was exposed last week, but you know, like there's going to be some regression towards what we normally see out of Baker Mayfield versus what we saw out of him in the first month of the season. Yeah. The, the Bucks have, a, I think a pretty good defense, as you mentioned, that matches up with what the Falcons do well and the Falcons defense has been, you know, like not terrible. So it just feels like an under spot, especially in a divisional matchup with teams that, uh, that know each other. Yeah. I feel pretty confident in saying that Baker Mayfield is not like a top 10 NFL quarterback, <laughs> which yeah. is what the, the numbers were kind of suggesting heading into that matchup with the lions. But he might be a, a low-end starting quarterback, and I think that would be kind of a surprise to, at least if you had told me at the start of the season that Baker Mayfield was going to be a passable starting quarterback this season, I would have been like, no, you're crazy. Yes, I, I bet the under on his season-long uh, yardage prop total. I don't remember what it was. It was in the 2000s, and that was basically just like, I don't think he's going to start the you know the the full 17 games. I think he's going to be benched at some point, and when he's out there, I don't think he's going to be good. So it looks like uh, unless injury or just sudden fall off hits, uh, I will be losing that bet. So I yeah, I agree. I I would not have expected Mayfield to play as well as he has to this point. All right, next game here we have the Lions on the road at the Ravens, and I feel like. Just from a, a football fan perspective, this could be one of the best games of the week. The Lions are two and a half point underdogs. Just and on its face, it feels like Lions is underdogs. I want to bet that. That's just sort of like my my gut reaction. Um, and Lamarca, I do want to get your thoughts on this. 44 and a half is the number in the market. Are you betting the Lions? Yep. The only, the only question <laughs> is what what number am I getting them at? Right. It's it's at two and a half now. So I don't necessarily feel it's like a sense of urgency to to go lock them in because the upside of waiting for a potential three is is far greater than any downside if the number moves in the other direction. But I would be pretty surprised if this number got to three. The Sharps do like Baltimore. They're a team, you know, the the Ravens are higher, I think, in a lot of sharp power ratings than they are for maybe the the public but again you add up all the factors in this game Dan Campbell's rec track record as an underdog he is 24 and 15 against the spread getting points then you've got Lamar Jackson 
He's 11 and 21 against the spread as a home favorite. Then you add in the fact that this team is traveling from London, which is a spot that has historically just been almost impossible for teams to cover in. We saw it with the Bills, right? They beat a lifeless Giants team by five points. Seemed like they slept, walked through the entire game. Um, Jacksonville, even though they finally managed to sort of break the curse of, of teams playing without a bye after a London game, as I mentioned, they still only had 230 yards of total offense. Like that game was more about the Colts just routinely shooting themselves in the foot and turning it over four times. So uh, I think that there is just a ton of re- a ton of reasons to like Detroit in this spot. Uh, not even counting the fact that they are just a really good football team and they might be getting healthier. We'll see if they get back either of their top two cornerbacks who missed last week against Tampa Bay. So again, I'm going to hold out just in case a three pops, but I'm going to be on the Lions. So at uh, one sharper book and only one book, there is a three and it is a, a juicy plus three. Um, but the rest of the market is holding at two and a half. And here's the thing. I think two and a half might be the best that it, that we get because there are all of those injuries on the Lions. And if some of those guys start to return, I think this number will start to move back in their direction. So it it sucks because the right move is to hold at two and a half and hope that something happens and you get the plus three. But I just, I don't think we're going to get there. That's exactly what I wrote in the early Lions piece. I said, don't be surprised if Lions two and a half is the best number we see all week. So yeah, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be upset at you if you took it now. But again, just given the importance of three, I'm okay with risking a two or a one and a half to try and potentially get the three. Absolutely. So I, that said, and like everything you said, like that's sort of like, in my gut in terms of like why I just instinctively would want to back the lions in this spot. But in in my projections, I haven't projected basically right where the number is. So if it gets to three, Ravens are a good team. Yeah. If it gets to three, maybe I will at that point be on the lions. I definitely though, (laughs) of course, this is like, like a chorus. I am on the under, uh, in this spot, (laughs) you know, the, the Ravens, their defense has actually been pretty good this year. Even with all of the injuries, their defense has been good. They're getting a little bit healthier. And their offense hasn't been quite as good as people were expecting. They're you know not as pass happy or successful in the passing game as people thought they would be. So they're much more of an under team this year. And the Lions defense has actually been, I wouldn't say like, yeah, it's been good. It's actually, it's been mm-hmm. good. It's been better than people would have expected. And then you have Jared Goff playing outdoors, you know, East coast weather starting to get colder. I don't know exactly what the temperature will be in that game, but it, it's not, I don't think it's going to be pleasant. Like at, at the best it's in the sixties, but it could be in the fifties or forties. So, you know, you put all that together uh, and I am on the under in that spot. 44 and a half was the number. That I grabbed. All right. So those are the early games on Sunday. The later games kick off with the Steelers at the Rams. This number is three and a half Steelers as underdogs across the market. 42 and a half is the total. 
Uh, Lamarca, would you have any interest in betting on the Steelers as underdogs? Yeah, this is the this is the Walter White. Uh, they can't keep getting away with it spot, right? It's the Steelers as underdogs. I'm just going to keep betting it until I stop getting away with it, right? Like they did not deserve to cover in this spot against the Ravens a few weeks ago, but they did. And that's just, that's the Tomlin magic. It's why this team is around 500 or better basically every year. Uh, The Rams passing attack has looked great with Cooper Cup back in the fold, but I, I don't give them much credit for shredding Arizona. Arizona, as we we talked about this a bunch last week, but their defense is just so bad. Um, they're they're really starting to crater to the levels that I think a lot of people thought they were going to be at the start of the season. So, you know, this number you can get some three and a halfs. Yeah, sign me up. Mike Tomlin has a dog. Why not? Yes. So, um. I believe that this opened as, you know, like a 11 over 10, you know, normal odds, three and a half. And it has started to get a little bit juicy on the Steelers side. So I think this number will probably move back towards three. Uh, So if you like the Steelers uh, and there's a a reasonable three and a half out there, I think now is probably the time to grab it. Uh, You mentioned win. Win might be uh, the last plus three and a half minus 110 left on the board, at least at the books that I track. Yeah. All right. So, uh, you know, three and a half at a reasonable number the or the standard number harder to find. Uh, I think this will probably settle at, you know, sort of like 3.25. Uh, all right. You mentioned the Cardinals there. I want to get your thoughts on it because I, I feel like I have in the aggregate lost month, lost money this year betting on the Cardinals uh, because like they're feisty, but they're still not good. And maybe the answer is if I like the Cardinals, I should be betting on them in the first half or something like that, because things seem as if they kind of tend to fall apart in the second half of of their games. But you have the Cardinals uh, on the road against the Seahawks and, you know, anywhere from like eight to eight and a half is the number that I'm seeing in the market. Forty six and a half uh, is the total. Uh, of course, Seahawks favored by eight, uh, eight and a half at home. I'm thinking about betting on the Cardinals at plus eight and a half, but I just don't know if I hate myself that much. Uh, what are your thoughts here? I Seattle is such a tough team. If they had beaten Cincinnati, I'd be more willing to take the points with the Cardinals because they should have beat Cincinnati, right? They, they outgained Cincinnati by almost 170 yards, kind of like the Falcons. They had numerous chances late to take the lead in that game. And Geno Smith just could not get the job done. Um, They should have won last week. And if they were sitting at four and one, and this number was a little bit higher, I think you could make a case that it would be a good time to sort of uh, to to sell high on them. But since that's not the case, (laughs) I don't know if I necessarily want to go in that direction. I think that this could be an angry Seahawks game where we see sort of the best out of their offense. And the Cardinals have really kind of fallen off as we talked about um, you know, after sort of being 
a frisky, better than expected team to start the year. So I don't know. This is this game kind of seems like a stay away for me. I might this might be a rare overspot to look at. You know, if you think that Seattle comes out and their passing attack is just sort of firing on all cylinders, maybe the over would be the the way to play this game. If I if I was going to pick a side now, it would be over 45 and a half. That's interesting. So, yeah, my projections have a, a slight lean there to your point. Uh, looking at the market here, I want to get your thought about and you mentioned this is a stay away for you or it's feeling like a stay away right now. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on which way you think this number might move. Because it is seven and a half at Circa, which is, you know, I would say uh, a, a very sharp shop. Seven and a half at FanDuel, um, but eight and a half at some other places. Looking at uh, looking at DraftKings right now, this number is eight and a half. Uh, and it is actually nine uh, at another sharp book. So, you know, there's some kind of market uncertainty, like market feeling out right now about where this number goes. I don't think it hits 10 and I don't think it hits seven, but you know, sitting at eight and a half, if you had to sort of make a prediction on which way this number goes, which way do you think it would go? I think it would close on the lower side of that range that you talked about. I think somewhere in the seven and a half to eight point range is probably where I see this thing settling. Um, I just knowing sort of how the sharps like to operate. I think they are inclined to take underdogs, particularly underdogs of greater than a touchdown. Yeah. So I I could see them talking themselves into the Cardinals if this number got too high. But like you said, I think this thing stays somewhere in that seven to 10 range. So I don't think it's, there's going to be a key number on the board either way, but uh, yeah, I could see this number being more like eight or seven and a half when things are all said and done. Yeah, I, you know, my gut is like pulling me towards the Cardinals, but I have this projected at 7.8 and like the difference between like eight and a half and 7.8 is negligible. So, uh, probably I should stay away and, uh, you know, maybe conserve the money, uh, cause it, it, the Cardinals, I feel like every time I bet on the Cardinals, they lose. Uh, that's just how it works. It's scientific. All right. The, the Packers on the road against the Broncos. Um, This was Packers favored by two in the look ahead market. That number is now one and a half. 46 and a half was the total in the look ahead market. It opened at 45 for the total and it is still there. Uh, LaMarca thoughts on this game. I think there's a pretty good chance. I end up on the Broncos. The Packers are a team that I think I am lower on than most people. Uh, I just don't know what it is that they do well, right? Like they are not a good offensive team. They're not a good defensive team. They're just kind of bad all all around. Um, And at least the Broncos, when things are going right for them, they can put some points on the scoreboard. So their defense is terrible, but I don't know if I would have them as home underdogs in this spot. Right. Like Mile High Stadium, I think, is one of the places where there is still a legitimate home field advantage. Yeah. So I, I think that the Broncos getting points here feels off to me. I don't it's less than three. It's not a huge edge, but I, I'm pretty on board with fading the Packers. 
I agree. I bet it. Uh, I bet Denver plus two. Uh, and the sentiment of it feels like the Broncos should actually be favored in the spot. I entirely agree with. I have them uh, as a small favorite, point four points uh, going towards the the Broncos here. I I think the um, the rest situation is a little bit intriguing. Um, and so, like I thought on Thursday night football, the Broncos looked pretty good. Well, let me rephrase that. <laughs> they hung in there and were very close to getting the cover uh, against the Chiefs. Now, part of that is just like the way that the Chiefs tend to play against inferior opponents where they just kind of let teams hang in there. But like the Broncos, like their defense was actually playing tough in comparison to what we saw out of them in the first five weeks of the season. Um, you know, they could have, if things had gone a little bit differently, they could have lost that game by 28 points, uh, or, you know, they could have lost by eight and gotten the cover, but you know, I thought they ended up looking much better than we have seen to this point in the year. Uh, you compare that to the Packers who I feel like when they have won, they have gotten kind of lucky in the way that they've won. And when they've lost, they have looked not good at all. And then the travel or not the travel, but the rest is really intriguing to me in this spot. So normally if a team has a buy, you know, they have a seven day advantage. Um, the Packers are coming off of Monday night football. So, you know, their buy is a little bit truncated to only 13 days. And then they are playing the Broncos who are coming off of Thursday night football. So it's a situation where normally a team coming off of the buy has a seven day advantage here the Packers have only a three day advantage. Mm. So that like, that's not to say that it's like as if they don't have any buy at all, but the benefit that a team normally gets from the buy is extremely diminished in this spot. So I do, I do go towards the Broncos. <laughs> Sorry. I do go towards the Broncos in this spot. I think they should be favored. And they had to travel too, right? They were yeah. in Vegas for, their game before the buy. So yeah, it really kind of mitigates their the rest advantage that you would typically get from a bye week. All right. The next game here, the Chargers who were playing tonight in a divisional game on the road, playing the Chiefs. Six was the number in the look ahead market. Five and a half is the number on the board now. 52 and a half was the number in the look ahead market. 50 and a half is the number now. I mean, the Chargers <clears throat> with Justin Herbert, I think he's five and one against the spread uh, against the Chiefs for his career. Like he's, uh, I mean, they, they don't win. <laughs> they don't win these games, but they come very close and Justin Herbert covers. Uh, is this a spot where you would think about backing the Chargers? Yeah, I, I wrote this this spot up for the early lines piece this week I had four and one for Herbert. Um, but that's only regular season. Maybe there was a playoff game that I'm, that I'm missing in that sample, but regardless, he gets the job done against Mahomes. And last year, this number was three and a half when these teams played in Kansas city. And I think this year's version of the chargers is better than last year's. And the Chiefs, you can go either way on. I think their defense is improved, but I think their offense is is not. I think they're really hurting for a number two reliable pass catcher behind Travis Kelsey. So 
I tend to think five and a half, six points. There's still a six available on FanDuel. I think it makes a lot of sense to just grab the points here. And I think that this is a good candidate, uh, assuming that you're listening to this on Monday, to lock in before the Chargers play tonight. Uh, I think if the Chargers play better than expected against the Cowboys, there is a far greater chance that this number goes down into like the four and a half range than it does get to seven. So I, I think locking the Chargers in now makes a ton of sense, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I don't have a position on this game. Um, I haven't, I haven't downgraded the Chiefs all that much from where they were when the season started. I actually, I maybe haven't downgraded them at all because their their offense, as you say, hasn't been that good or you know in terms of what we would expect out of the chiefs but their defense has significantly improved uh and so my numbers still favor the chiefs a little bit but i'm i'm pretty much close to the market here i imagine i will not be betting this game Um, i will say like we, we and i agree with you the chiefs defense just looks better it feels better after Opening with Detroit, Kansas City has played Jacksonville, Chicago, the Jets, the Vikings, and the Broncos. Not exactly like a murderer's yeah. row. Yeah, that's true. They, their their test uh, is upcoming, starting with Herbert. You know, so yeah, they we will we will have a much better sense. Uh, you know, two months from now about how good this defense actually is, or even six, you know, six weeks from now, uh, the next six weeks versus the first six weeks. Okay. Uh, Sunday night football. We have the dolphins. I like, like, I think this is a great primetime game, you know, like I think that, uh, just in terms of, you know, football fandom, the lions and the Ravens game, uh, that will be a great one. Uh, but then this, this game will also be fantastic. The dolphins on the road at the Eagles and the Dolphins are two and a half point underdogs. And this feels very much like the Lions game where it's, look, I want to be on the Dolphins. I would love this much more if it were plus three. Um, how are you approaching this game? By the way, the total 53 and a half was the number in the look ahead market. It has opened at 52 and a half, and that's where it is currently. Uh, I have thoughts. I want to hear yours. My my thought is, have we reached the point where we should just be blind betting the over on every Dolphins game when it comes out? Like, they are scoring 40 points a game by themselves at this point. Um, It'll be a little bit different against the Eagles. We'll see if they can, can reach that level of success. But really, like, this feels like I'm watching, like, an, a a Big 12 offense. And I mean that in the best possible way. Yeah. Like they are just, they are just so hard to stop. They're so fast compared to their opponents. It's like, it, it, it really might go down as a historically great offense. So until these numbers start to climb up, I, I'm really reaching the point where I might just bet the dolphins over every week. So I had that same thought. And, um, you know, my projections point to the over. I feel like it would be hard for a projection system not to point to the over. Um, 
What gives me a little bit of pause is that this number did move down from the look ahead. And there are two books in the market that are at 52, Circa and Caesars. And, you know, like Circa is sharp. And then I would say out of, you know, some of the other books that people kind of know about, I would say Caesars is probably the sharpest. And so that those two are at 52 makes me a little bit nervous. Um, and it, and I would think that maybe that means that the number moves down even a little bit more. Um, but I, I'm not sure, but the over definitely feels like the side. And then, and then I was also thinking like, okay, Tua in Philadelphia, maybe the weather is getting a little bit colder. Maybe that sort of slows down the offense a little bit, but this just still feels like such an over spot. You know, like I want, I want the dolphins. I want the over, but, uh, I don't think we're going to get to plus three on the dolphins. So I just feel like there's no point in betting it there. And given that Circa and Caesars are at 52, I also feel a little bit like there's not much of a point in betting the over right now. I kind of just want to see where this market goes, but those are the sides that I'm definitely leaning. Like, do you, do you feel with the over, we should just bet it now? You make a good case for waiting. Um, you know, I did see there are a couple 53s out there, but they are the quote unquote square books, you know, BetMGM, DraftKings. They're the ones that are going up. So while the sharp books are going down, the the square books are going up. So um, I think that, that that does point towards, you know, the professionals at least thinking that maybe this is too many points. The Eagles are an interesting team, too, because, you know, they're coming off of a loss in a game that they probably feel like they should have won. So this might be a this kind of feels almost a little bit similar to that Dolphins Bills game where mm -hmm. you've got a team that I I'm sure that the Eagles might might feel like they're a little bit disrespected by this line. And there's going to be a lot of attention on the Dolphins this week. So. We'll see uh, how the game itself plays out, but personally, I I, I just look at this number and I want to bet the over. <laughs> yeah, screw it. I'm going to bet the 52 because I just I feel like there's value at that number, and the uh, the Dolphins are number 27 in dropback success rate allowed. Like this is a spot where I think the the Eagles can get right offensively. Uh, of course. I would have said the same thing. I did say the same thing last week when they were going against the Jets team missing its top perimeter corners. So you never know. But this this feels like this is different. The Jets yeah. have a good defense that was wounded. The Dolphins don't have a good defense at all. So, um, yeah, I feel like this is a spot where the Eagles can put up points. I mean, the Panthers, the Panthers put up points on on the Dolphins last week and the Panthers really might have the worst offense in the league so I mean Adam Thielen is their number one receiver and he's looking like God right now carrying like, my team in that uh the fantasy life eliminator league <laughs> shout out shout out you uh I got <laughs> I got axed in week two so uh you know one less thing to worry about all right Sunday night football we've got the San Francisco 49ers on the road in Minnesota and the number in the market right now is seven. This was seven and a half uh, in the look ahead. 
44 and a half is the total, uh, a number of injuries for the 49ers, uh, in week seven, uh, to keep an eye on left tackle, Trent Williams, running back, Christian McCaffrey, wide receiver, Debo Samuel, and Brock Purdy finally looked mortal, uh, going against a, a very good defense in the Browns and also the weather. Uh, but, uh, I mean, shout out me. I grabbed plus seven and a half. The Vikings just go ahead and write that off as a loss. Uh, LaMarca, any thoughts on this game? Um, yeah, I want to take the 49ers. We'll, we'll see if I, we'll see if I actually do, but it's just sort of the, the buy, the classic buy low spot, uh, for a a really good team coming off of a, a bad performance. And I think there are more than enough reasons why you can write that game off as, as a fluky one for San Francisco. Clearly, I don't think that they were entirely focused, you know, playing against a backup quarterback. You add in the injuries and the weather and the Browns defense. And I'm not surprised that that was the spot where Purdy ultimately suffered his first loss, which they still should have won, by the way, if not for their kicker, you know, sort of shanking one on 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 a game with his whole family in attendance. But I was more concerned about the Vikings. Right. Like, again, there were some weather concerns in Chicago, but 220 yards of total offense against the Bears. That's like I I would expect to take my local high school team and put them up against the Bears and maybe they could get me 220 yards. Obviously joking there, but like it it was just not a very impressive performance Uh, without Justin Jefferson. Maybe we should have more concerns with this offense's ability to move the ball like Jefferson is, is just so special. And I think that we all were kind of like, eh, they'll survive without him, but maybe things are going to be a little tougher than we might've thought. So I want to take the 49ers. We'll see. It's a spot that I'm going to monitor throughout the week. If the sharps like the Vikings, I will probably listen to them, but I, I I think it's going to be very tough for me to find a way to actually bet on Minnesota. It's 49ers or pass. That's fair. Uh, um, I mean, seven and a half was just a number that felt uh, too good. And I mean, I had I had the projections going towards uh, going towards the Vikings. I still have the projections going towards the Vikings. And in all fairness to them, uh, the Bears did have, you know, like three of their secondary starters return last week you know like they had been out uh, a number of those guys had been out for a while and so i think that impacted their uh their numbers uh and and pass defense but yeah i mean the vikings didn't look great um they've been super unlucky for a lot of the season uh you feel like there has to be some regression on that front and uh i think the injuries to the the 49ers could end up being something that that points this a little bit towards the vikings but uh, i can yeah. Like Debo and McCaffrey could miss some time. Yeah. Yeah. So we will we will see how all of that unfolds on the injury front. Uh okay. That is going to do it for the morning after edition of the Betting Life podcast brought to you by Fantasy Life. Check out Discord, check out the newsletter, uh, follow Matt Lamarca on X at Matt Lamarca, and you can find me at Matt F. The Oracle. Thank you and see you again next episode.